welcome to Basketball with Glasses, a show by and for college basketball nerds. I'm your host, Bryson Harvey, and joining me, as always, Luke Smith. Hey, Luke. Hey, Bryson. How's it going? Good. Doing well. Been Watching doing some basketball. Uh, yeah, we finished the painting, and so nice. hopefully the house will get some heat and electricity this week, which is always a good thing when you're building a house. Especially in January. <laughs> Especially in January, so... Um, but no, it's great. And, uh, welcome to the listeners. This is a pod being currently recorded, um, Tuesday. Uh, and most of our podcasts moving forward through the rest of the season will probably be recorded on Tuesday, unless there's some breaking news that require an emergency pod. That's right. Um, and we'll probably do one for selection Sunday and conference tournament previews and all of those sorts of things. I'm (laughs) a little bit afraid our selection Sunday podcast might be like six hours long. (laughs) It might be. It might be. Um, I mean, that might be, I don't know, almost as long as it takes them to reveal the bracket. But Well, if they invite us to Indy, we'll do a live podcast. <laughs> if they let us be part of the selection committee. Yes, that's the goal. So anyway, um, make sure that you, if you haven't, subscribe. We appreciate those of you who do and have stayed loyal and listen and all of those things. Um I know that we have talked about doing some more team tracker episodes, but because of everything work, the house, you know, this is something we do for fun. And while Mm -hmm. we do enjoy it a lot, it does take some time to prep and make sure that it's good content. So um, we will get back to team trackers hopefully soon. But um, if you don't see any for the next couple of weeks, just understand that we are humans and we try really hard. So um I'm also going to go ahead and admit right now that I am trying to record a podcast and watch college basketball because it is Super Tuesday. Um, yeah. We watched Vanderbilt uh, get absolutely destroyed by Oscar the Machine and the rest of mm-hmm. the Kentucky Wildcats um, and currently watching a very close game with three minutes left of uh, Baylor-Texas Tech. So, of course, by the time you listen to this, the game will be over. Um, but, you know, I am a little bit distracted. So, you know, if I, I scream and shout, especially as we get towards the back half of this, uh, podcast with West Virginia playing at Oklahoma State. You know, you you yeah. now understand why. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, um, to all the USC fans who listen, um, <laughs> we're There's recording this after. Yeah, we recorded this after you guys lost to Stanford. The Stanford Christmas trees. I, I'll I'll take responsibility. I tweeted. I, I texted Bryson earlier this week. I thought I thought you guys were going to be the last undefeated team. I was like, no way does Baylor outlast them because the Big Twelve so much tougher. Um, turns out you guys really proved me wrong. So congratulations. Well, you know, if it if it was Big Tw- or Pac twelve after dark at their normal time slot, it might have actually worked out because they they lost today, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was earlier today. So they played a weird afternoon. I don't even know like what they're doing out yeah, there. Yeah, it was weird to see a Pac-12 score at like 5.30. Yes, I, so I'm not sure exactly what happened. But anyway, um, Texas Tech is up by five with two minutes left in Waco. Yeah, I did say they could lose on the same day. Of course, I was talking about like February 10th or something <laughs> like that. Hey, but so. you know, uh, you did say that. So for the record, you did say they could lose on the same day, even, no matter what you were thinking. So we'll just assume that that day was January 11th. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, we'll keep tabs on that. And we will go ahead and try to get started with our, our regular scheduled show here. Um, so in our first segment, New Frames, we're going to look at something that I call uh, the scrap tracker. Uh, and by that, um, basically what I went through, and I only was able to because, you know, this takes a lot of time and it required me to dig into a lot of box scores. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking at the Ken Palm, of course. I mean, that's where you start with everything. Absolutely. Uh, Ken Palm top 40. So we're looking at the top 40 um, teams in, in the ratings. And I wanted to see you know, based on his win probability uh, based within games, which teams faced, so here, here's the category to be counted, right, for a game to count for a team. They will need to have faced a win probability lower than 25% before the fourth quarter or the 10-minute mark in the second half. So if they are looking like they're really going to lose lower than 25% win rate, uh, win expectancy um, prior to that 10-minute mark. 
that either means that they're getting blown out by a bad team or they are losing by a significant-ish margin to a better team because Ken Palm takes into account, you know, the the opponent also where the game's being played. So if you're playing at home, you have a more likely chance to come back. Um, and all of that is kind of factored in. So everything is going against you early or at some point. And uh, at, then they are able to turn it around, claw back in. And even if they lose, I'll count it as long as they get their win expectancy above 50% within the last five minutes of the game. So basically this says it could have turned into a blowout. It could have been an easy coasting you know, loss because most games are um, really they're kind of, they kind of, they don't really vacillate. There aren't a whole lot of back and forth games like this Texas tech Baylor game. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, just wanted to, kind of figure out who's who's able to scrap back so went through a lot of teams qualified if i am counting them up um because that's what i'd like to do uh let me do a quick count of what we've got here um it looks like we've got 21 out of the 40 teams have garnered at least one scrap game um now if you look at it, who has multiple in the top 40? Mm -hmm. Arizona has two. Surprising? or uh, It kind of seems yeah. like they are a scrappy team, but they also feel like, I feel like they, they usually get up early out. and coast. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a little surprised to see them on this list. Michigan State also has two. Um, mm -hmm. And they have kind of, you know, they lost early um, in the in the Champions Classic. And then they've kind of just slowly been rebuilding their resume. So that's been interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, and the other team that has uh, a multiple games in this category is Wisconsin. Hmm. And they have three. Do you have any thoughts on <laughs> the Wisconsin Badgers? Um, so Wisconsin... So tell me, so that means they've had three games where they were up by a significant amount and the other team came back and almost and almost beat. Is that what we're saying? So we're saying that they were down. So, uh, oh. so for example, so like they were down um, not significantly, um, but like, for example, they were losing at Purdue. So they're at mm -hmm. Purdue. They were down by five at halftime. Um, and at some point in the second half, they really were kind of teetering on the edge. Um, and then they came roaring back and they were able to win. So okay. their lowest okay. win expectancy was actually 7% in that game. And they came back and won. So, wow. Okay. So I just had it a little bit backwards. So this is what this is my thought on Wisconsin in, in that situation. They got down so much that they just decided to give Johnny Davis the ball every single time. <laughs> is that is it possible that that's what happened <laughs> um it absolutely could be he is eighth in the country in the percentage of team shots um he is one of the top five he's number four actually in the Ken Palm ratings yeah um so he he is pretty pretty unbelievable at this point on fire would not be a stretch yeah, I would like to see. So I guess I could look really quickly. Um, so, for example, Purdue. Purdue is a team that they don't have like a blow your socks off defense. So they don't. I, you know, that could have played a role. Um, some teams are just cursed. Purdue might be <laughs> one of those teams. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, I, I hear you. Um, well, and the other thing, too, that I thought of, especially in seeing the result of that game this past um, well, I guess it was back on the third. Um, really, they Jay Ivey is not the best defender when it comes yeah. to um, defending on the ball. Like he will definitely step up, but there there is a part of his game where he just you you can get him to switch, you can get him to kind of bump off, and you know if you get an advantageous matchup, you can take it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's something else I think about this statue that you've come up, which I really like, especially now that I fully understand it. Um, 
So, you know, you can't make a comeback like that without some type of getting some significant amount of defensive stops, you know? So that either that, either the, a team like Wisconsin can really turn on their defensive pressure when needed to, or they could just be a chance, just the chance of the other team just goes really cold, which can also happen too, Mm -hmm. which make, makes your defense look good when the other team just can't hit any shots. But, um, I wonder, right. if, you know, that could be part of it. Maybe both at the same time. Yes. So, like, the other example, another game for Wisconsin where they earned a scrap uh, was Indiana when they played in at the Kohl Center in Wisconsin. Indiana was up by, I believe, 17 and a half. Mm. Um, so then Wisconsin came all the way back. Uh, to, to win that game. And again, Johnny Davis, 37 minutes, 32% percentage of possessions were used by him, mm-hmm. scored 23 points, and led them in the comeback. So, but to your point, defensively, so Indiana had scored 42 points in the first half. They scored 17 in the second half. Yeah, yeah. See, something like that, it has to, it's probably consistent across the board. You know, it has to be if you make a big giant comeback like that. So, um, I wonder if that's a testament to those teams, to the ones that have more than one anyway, mm-hmm. to their team's defense or their like their ability. Like you, I mean, you call it scrap, but I mean that's that's definitely a team that doesn't quit, right? Um, and will continue to defend even when they're down. So yes, yes. Um, the other teams in the top forty of Ken Palm as of recording. Uh, Iowa State had to in the leader in scrap, which I already told you or else I'd ask you to guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is the West Virginia Mountaineers. Yeah. They, they have, um, it's interesting, they have three, and I have the plus one here because their fourth game that would have counted in this scrap rating, it was really close. Um, it was their game against UConn. So... West Virginia's winning percentage dropped to 22.4% at the, it looks like the 959 mark. <laughs> so, I mean, it oh, was yeah. just inside of that time frame. So it's kind yeah. of, so that, that would be for really though. So this is where West Virginia, they scrap, they claw, they play a lot of defense. Um, they get a lot of turnovers. So that makes sense that there's some high variation in mm-hmm. their game. Uh, the other part that I'd point out is they are really streaky as shooters mm-hmm. on on their team, and so they can heat up in a hurry, and that creates uh, some issues um, for them offensively. But ultimately, when they get to the defensive side, uh, that's where they tend to lock in, and they also have been to this point a second half team. So it's another case of well, if you allow the other team to kind of build a lead, but you have a whole second half to kind of correct mm-hmm. it. Um, you can you can kind of build some scrap that way. So again, it's probably not a stat that you want to have for that say an NCAA champion, mm-hmm. but it is probably a stat if as a team for an that, upset for an upset. So if yeah. you're looking at uh, you know a, a, a you know middle tier team because I mean you're you're looking 40th in Ken Palm here, um, you've got a team that. Uh, I'm sorry, distracted because Texas Tech just decides to throw the ball up way up in the air and they're up by one with 20 seconds left. Anyway, oh. um, so it's one of those things that uh, you don't want to face this, these teams. Um, mm-hmm. So I think Arizona being an elite scrapper is 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 probably of note. Um, the other yeah. team is Michigan State. I think, again, you're looking at teams that could maybe put up a fight. Um and then Wisconsin, Iowa State, and WVU, they're all, again, teams that if you face them and they're your 5, 6, 7 seed, if, if you're mm-hmm. a 7 playing a 2 in the second round and you are uh, Duke, um, Houston, um, you know, teams that we've talked about that might not be in that, they're the fifth best team in the country, but you mm-hmm. end up playing, you know, West Virginia or Wisconsin, Um you know, that would just be interesting. So mm-hmm. I don't know. An yeah, interesting be, concept to track. It would be interesting to go back and see 
I mean, it would be super labor intensive, but to go back and see how these teams have performed in tournaments, you know, especially ones that aren't like top seeds, ones that are kind of like seven to 10 kind of range, mm-hmm. maybe even 11 yeah. and see how, and see how they performed. Cause that, I mean, that's kind of like a, a low cost, high value, you know, pick if you were able to, you know, pick a team like that for the sweet 16 and kind of see that coming. So it'd be interesting to see how it's probably, it might not have a huge correlation, but it, it would be interesting to see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think, you know, if we think back to some of the, the big upsets, um, you know, I think that there are some interesting teams of note that, you know, um, which year was UMBC? Was that? That was 2018. 2018. Okay. That's what yeah. I thought. And I'm just interested to see what UMBC was that year, if they had any of those type of games, because... Yeah. Um, I was thinking of George Mason, 2006 yeah. George Mason. I don't know if they've got any of those um, stats available, um, but I'll, I can definitely look. Um, they yeah. have one scrap but, win that I see right here against Northern Kentucky. Um Looks like you know, they got another one against Albany. I, I mean, they definitely had some for sure. I bet a team that did this in the tournament to great success, if you went back and looked, it's probably 2014 UK. Because in that tournament run, they were down, I feel like they were down close to double digits every single game of the tournament, and they wound up winning. So, and not by much. So, it would be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, because they were an eight seed, right? Mm hmm. Um, so, yeah. It, I mean, it is definitely interesting. It's harder for them probably because they were a, a higher seed. Because um, even their win over number one Louisville that year didn't count as a scrap win because mm. they were you yeah. know, good enough They were to be pretty close. bad in the regular season that year too. So yes, they, they, they were. lost a lot of games. Uh-huh, because even like Tennessee that year. So South Carolina, again, yeah. It's, it, it is interesting. It is interesting to kind of see how that all works works out um mm-hmm. you know over time um and george mason was was that oh six six yeah yeah so um again we can take a quick look here and see sort of where they how they fared in the in the scrap rating uh yeah they don't have box scores for back then so um mm-hmm. it is definitely an interesting concept um mm-hmm. to see definitely. umbc off the bat i saw three games on their schedule granted they had yeah. a full slate and they they were part of that so they're just tough they're willing mm-hmm. to fight back um now granted they kind of got out to a lead and held it but um you know again it's just part of it um no i just anyway just wanted to enlighten the listeners that that's yeah. something to, to kind of watch if you see a team claw back come back you know make it close tie the game with it with a you know with 30 seconds to go that matters, I think, mm-hmm. and it's something that you want to see your teams do. You don't want to see them roll over, um, and but you also want to see them to actually get close because a lot of teams they will they might go down by fifteen and then they they cut it to five or six, but that mm-hmm. never really moves the needle in terms of win probability in the end, and they and they can't climb the mountain. So I think there is some value in learning how to not only fight back but to come all the way back mm-hmm. and win. Um, win the game so just something one one final observation about this is uh, wisconsin and west virginia you said are leading the nation right now in these scrap wins and both of them shoot below 33 percent from three wisconsin's like 29 so this is definitely not a stat that's like oh they just got hot from three you know like it definitely requires more than that because these aren't just really good three-point shooting teams that are making comebacks from behind the arc yeah, I think if anything, you'd see something like their defense is really good, whether they get yeah. a lot of turnovers or where, whether they, um, you know, get a lot of extra um, chances or they just all right, play lockdown defense. You know, it could be yeah. any or all. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so anyway, um, speaking of scrap wins, I think we can count Texas Tech's win tonight at Baylor as one of those. Oh, <laughs> no more undefeated teams. No more undefeated teams. At no least Baylor lost to a. They lost at home. That's odd. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. I mean, that's a. Again, I think the Big Twelve is the best conference. I'm biased, but I just think they're really good. So. Anyway, you don't, your your conference doesn't have Scottie Pippen Jr. 
it it does not in his 32 points and uh nobody else getting double figures um <laughs> to help him so there is that too uh he he did out dual oscar tonight anyway mm-hmm. we will move on under the magnifying glass one of the concepts that you and i have talked a lot about offline mm-hmm. text messages you know why don't we see or who is the closest to being the golden state warriors and you know again yeah that's a very difficult thing but explain sort of what you meant by that when when you okay. sort of say where where's the college version of the warriors okay so this is what i mean college basketball i have a i have a hypothesis that college basketball is roughly 10 years behind the nba right like if you watch a year if you watch a game from the, the 2000s and then you watch a game from the 2010s NBA or, you know, you, however, I might be saying that wrong. But anyway, basically college lags behind the NBA as far as like changes to the game, three point shooting, um, pace to play, stuff like that. And a lot of that's due to the rules and stuff. But anyway, my my thought was we're, we're about 10 years away, away from when the NBA really started to emphasize three point shot. Not quite 10 years away from the Warriors, the lineup of death Warriors. But we're getting close. So my my thinking was. If somebody could play that way in college, they would probably dominate everybody. I mean, it happened in the NBA. If you have five players who are lengthy, athletic, can handle the ball and shoot the three, then you're probably going to kill everyone. But college teams still have this philosophy that they have to play two traditional bigs at the same time. (laughs) And it's nearly impossible to find a team that doesn't do that. I mean, Villanova, I guess, is probably – the closest thing, but they definitely don't have the length and the size or the defense on, on their championships teams, but they were probably the qu- closest thing we've had. So that's kind of what, what drives this conversation is like, when is, when are one of these people going to, when are one of these teams going to recruit to try to build basically the lineup of death, 2016 yes. Warriors college version. Right. So I think you're onto something there. Um, and I found your premise interesting. Um, they are, it's just, it's one of those things that, um, I think is worth looking at and we can look at some different components and see sort of who fits what. So, um, really the first thing that I looked for were teams that the majority of their points come from the three point line, uh, because that was a big thing for, and I really kind of based this on the formula that the 2016 Warriors kind of played with, the 73 mm-hmm. win Warriors. Um, and so they got a lot of their points from three, the majority of their points from three. And they were leading the NBA in that realm. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I looked at the top 50 and tried to pick out some notable teams. Villanova is on that list. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame is on that list. That's not surprising. Uh, Northern Kentucky, UMBC, uh, Davidson, of course, the home of Steph Curry, uh, and and Illinois. Interesting. I see Northern Northern Kentucky, Darren Horn. Yes, Northern Kentucky, Oral Roberts, Dartmouth. Um, So there there were a couple notable teams, and it's Mm kind of hard to list all 50 in in our notes, but just trying to pick some teams, some, some names that that kind of seemed noticeable to me. Um, So one of the other things that was very notable about that team uh, was they passed the ball really well, Mm -hmm. like really well. Um, And so I looked for top 50 assist rate. Those teams are a little bit more well-known and brand name. You got Arizona, Mm -hmm. Michigan State, Purdue, Illinois again. So you see they're they're matching Mm -hmm. another trait um, Baylor, Iowa State, and uh, Ohio State. So those were some of the teams that were on that list. Iowa the State. Other thing, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, uh, as, in, in terms of assist rate. Now, if you look at pace of play, because we know that the Warriors played up-tempo, played fast, um, there are a lot of teams that kind of are in this zone. Uh, one of the teams that overlaps with another category, Arizona. They play very fast mm-hmm. with a with a high assist rate. Gonzaga is on this list. Eastern mm-hmm. Kentucky is on this list, and also they shoot a ton of threes. Interesting, yeah. By the way, um, so you've got them. 
Uh, Alabama, Marquette, LSU plays fast. Um, and this is the part where I'd probably say Villanova doesn't. They're the exact opposite. They play yeah. so slow. Um, but interesting, a, a few SEC teams here at the end. You've got uh, Auburn. Auburn, Arkansas, and South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of I what see Alabama. Yeah, Alabama is on that list. Um, so again, you've got some interesting pace of play teams. The other thing was just they were lights out shooters. I mean, that's, you know, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. Their effective mm-hmm. field goal percentage was the best in, in the NBA. And so, again, you want to look for the best. So in looking at this list, um, this is probably the most correlation to high Ken Palm, high rating teams, Purdue, Gonzaga. Davidson is on this list, Colorado mm-hmm. State, um, Ohio State. So this is not just where I'm taking your shots, but how good you are at making them. Arizona's on this list. And again, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have thought that the, the team that came to mind for me was Villanova. Like when mm-hmm. I thought of the, probably the closest thing, maybe they don't play fast, but they might have everything else. I didn't expect to see Arizona on these lists as, as frequently. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was also on this list, but Illinois, and it was another team that I, I really didn't think about, um, mostly because they have Kofi, and mm-hmm. that's yeah, he doesn't know, really fit that, that fit that uh, archetype, right? So he's he, you know that that element of it is different, but otherwise they fit a lot of the other profiles, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. So and most of these teams, um, the the one thing that the Warriors also had, they, they didn't rebound the ball well. Illinois rebounds the ball well. So, um, you know, that's something that's a little different. Um, the other thing I looked at was teams of note with uh, centers that were average or below average height-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so West Virginia, UK, Kansas, VCU, Texas Tech, um, I, uh, Ohio State, Villanova. This is probably why I thought of them the most. Mm-hmm. Um, Northern Kentucky, UMBC, and there's a lot of others. Um, where their they were their centers average height or lower, um, so again, it just an interesting concept here uh, that I kind of wanted to look at statistically. Were there teams that kind of came to mind for you? Of they kind of play that way, and maybe they don't play all the way, but it kind of fe- they feel warriorsy. Yeah, actually, I wasn't that surprised to see Arizona. I'm not a hundred. Maybe it's because they play so fast. Okay. Yeah. Um, and when I think of Arizona, and maybe I'm, I'm, it might not be the case this year, but whenever I think of Arizona, the the Sean Miller Arizona teams, I always think of a bunch of athletic, long, athletic guys. Um, not necessarily three point shooting, um, which they're at thirty seven. No, yeah, thirty five percent three at three point right now. Um, I thought that they might be there, and maybe it's just because I kind of infatuated with Arizona this <laughs> season. Yes. Um, a team the that I wish do. <laughs> yeah, a, a team that I watch a lot is uh, Kentucky, and I know that they'll never be. <laughs> Cal is <laughs> never going to play that kind of lineup unless someone like blackmails them to do it or something. But um, <laughs> I think that Kentucky has the personnel to do this, to do it um, this year if they wanted to. I think they play good enough defense. You'd have to leave Severe, Severe Wheeler on the bench for, you know, um, second unit duty because he can't shoot. But um, I think Oscar has enough range, kind of, kind of <laughs> like every once in a while he'll hit a jumper. So yeah. at, at the college level, that's probably all you need. But he definitely is like an undersized. Um, guy. I don't. I wouldn't compare him to Draymond Green. Yeah, but yeah. It's just that's the they, thing. Is they like, actually you, so like UK has the they are amongst the lowest i want to say they are they're 339th in terms of points from three pointers and yeah and that's the other thing too <laughs> is cal for some reason would rather shoot 18 footers than than threes yeah. um but yeah if i would think if there was a uh john beeline coach team still that they'd probably fit in but one thing i noticed about all those teams you list though is they all are missing like a crucial component like you know, yes. I see Ohio State's on it repeatedly. They cannot mm-hmm. defend. They can't. They don't have the personnel to defend. Um, Villanova, they don't have the skill probably this year or the or even like a – you because Draymond Green was incredibly, you know, um, important to that team. 
Yeah. And what you're going to have to have a college coach do really is you're going to have them, you're going to have to have them be willing to play undersized and give up rebounds in order to have all the ball handling and shooting on this court at the same time, but also players that can defend. So maybe it's just, it's so hard to build a team at the college level. Um, but I'm really surprised we haven't seen much copycat, uh, any, any real copycatting at the college level. Yeah, it is interesting. It is interesting that we haven't really seen that. It's hard to find, you know, and even thinking back, okay, which team, which team kind of reminded me at the time um, to be sort of, that had a Steph level kind of player, you know? Yeah, Um, that's hard to think of. um, You know, and the only guy who came to mind was Trey. Um, Mm -hmm. and even his team, they played at a high pace. Um, they were, yeah, they, they had some taller guys, but you know, in their starting lineup, no one was above six, nine. Um, so that kind of fits. Um, they didn't shoot that well from three. Their effective, overall as a team, they weren't great. And probably the biggest thing was their assist rate was lower, lower third of the country because mm-hmm. he just didn't give up the ball. Um, and you know, they right. still, they still, they scored a, a higher percentage than most teams, uh, of their points from three, but it wasn't anywhere near, um, the levels that we're talking about. So, um, that's the kind of stuff that I yeah. think is interesting when in, in just sort of a look back of what that looks like, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see after Nate Oates gets a few recruiting classes of his own in mm-hmm. how he because he seems like the highest profile coach most willing to adapt kind of an NBA style um, yeah. play with the threes and the and the defense because at, at the major conference level, um, mm-hmm. even if they're not that good at hitting the threes, they sure do take a lot of them. But this year's <laughs> team, they can't they can't defend either. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it'll out. be interesting. I'm I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. I just yes. wonder which coach would be most willing. And so I'm holding I'm holding out hope for uh, Tommy Lloyd in Arizona that they will <laughs> maybe they'll let me see. Maybe we'll see. I I can I can almost guarantee that your coach and my coach, as it currently stands, they will never ever do that. Oh no, zero <laughs> percent chance. Zero percent chance. Yeah, yeah. No, Huggins and Cal will die by the big man. <laughs> They will be two of the teams that get beat along the way to that team winning the championship is probably what will happen. Yep. <laughs> that is probably what will happen. So, yep. um, all right. Well, it is time to look under our colored glasses and see some Mad Libs. Yeah. Yeah, everybody likes Mad Libs, right? Of course. My favorite game. Yeah, so... So basically what I did here, so in this segment, we like to take stuff that the national media has written and, and just kind of poke out, poke at it a little bit, pick at Mm -hmm. them a little bit, all in good fun, Jerry Palm, right? (laughs) All in good fun. Um, (laughs) So, um, what I did, Bryson, was I found two blurbs about two different teams and, um, that are kind of similar. And what what I want to do is I want to I'm going to ask you in Mad Lib style I'm going to ask you some different things and then we're going to fill in the Mad Lib and and then really it's just for fun and then you'll you'll see how close the blurbs are and uh, we'll just show that it's possible that these sports writers are just copying and pasting things from <laughs> from previous seasons um, so let's go ahead and start okay so um, give me the name of a power conference team. Um, a power conference team. Let's pick. Yeah. Let's pick. Uh, who do we want to pick on? Let's do uh, Indiana. Okay. Okay. Give me a town known for nothing but a college university or a university or a basketball college basketball uh, team. And um, just because I just saw it, uh, let's go with Waco. Okay. <laughs> They're also known for jo- Chip and Joanna Gaines. That's true. That is true. Actually, for the sake of this, we better stay stay with Indiana. Let's say Bloomington. I've never heard of Bloomington outside of Indiana. Have you? No, I haven't. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I did that wrong. We'll, we'll go with Waco. 
All right. Um, and then we'll go with Baylor since Baylor plays the team that plays in that town. Baylor. Okay. Um, give me a plural animal mascot. <laughs> um, coyotes. <laughs> All right. This is not going to make any sense. It's still fun. It's still going to be fun. <laughs> um, uh, winless single digit conference record. So they're going to be winless, but it has to be in single digits. How many lot what games they've lost in conference? Oh, so they're zero and six. Okay, zero and six. Um, Power six conference. Um, let's go we'll, with big. Let's go with Big Ten since we said Indiana. Yeah, that works. All right, uh, Power conference bottom dweller. Um. Ooh, ooh. We could go with so many. Maybe because I just watched Vandy be terrible. Um, ooh. That'd be good. Okay, let's go, Vandy. All right. So this is what this is what basically filled out. So we said after losses at home to Power Conference team and in a team only known for for sports team to <laughs> said team, the uh, the plural animal mascot avoided going winless single digit conference record in conf- in Power Conference play with the road win against crappy power six team on saturday so this is what we this is what we uh that was a blurb yeah change coyotes to gophers let's do gophers Gophers. okay (laughs) gophers so this is what we have after losses at home to indiana and in waco to baylor the gophers avoided going oh and six in big 10 play with a road win against vandy on saturday so maybe not completely factually correct (laughs) But can you see a scenario where you would just keep this, the Mad Lib, in your files on your computer and just pull it out and be able to fit it? Because that one was from 2017. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, blurb, they, just, they just run it back. That blurb was from 2017. Now yeah. I'm going to read you one from the other day, from just the other day. Um, and it, this one was about... I don't remember, but this is this is the blurb. After rising into the top 10 nationally with a single-digit undefeated record start, the plural animal mascot have collapsed. <laughs> Losses this week to Basement Dweller Power 6 team and underachieving Power Conference team have dropped them to winless single-digit conference record in, in the Power 6 conference. So can you <laughs> see the similarities? <laughs> yes. So This, this think- reminds me of the conversation we had um, I, I think it was before the season when we talked about, you know, you know, the robots are just writing these articles anyway. Yes. And then I yes. told you that uh, Mark Cuban had invested in a, in a, <laughs> in a company that basically did AI. They analyzed box scores and wrote uh, game summaries for yeah. the AP. So, yeah, you know. I could totally see that happening. The, the team that this most recent one was about was Arkansas, the Arkansas Razorbacks. <laughs> so the Arkansas Razorbacks, the one from 2017 was about Louisville, and this one was about Arkansas. And they're pretty similar. I mean, one is definitely longer than the other, but, I mean, they're both winless in conference. They were both, like, hoping to get back into it. They both lost to middling conference teams. So um, I would think it would be hard as a, co- as a college basketball writer to not repeat yourself constantly, but... Uh, these were two different riders in five years apart. I don't know. <laughs> so what you're saying is we could probably handle this. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm saying we could handle it for sure because I would just keep that cut and pasted in some document somewhere and just. What you're out. really saying is the second graders you used to teach could probably handle this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that they could probably at least in a few years be able to code the the bot that writes this <laughs> for ESPN.com. Yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, that's probably that's probably it. But that's all right. <clears throat> no, it's interesting. Um, and but it's it's kind of fun to play that game because it it could you could easily just swap in this year's teams and this year's stuff, and it would just it would make all the same sense. So. Yeah, I thought about just trying to just reading the the template to you and just trying to see if you could guess what team it was about, and then pull out the surprise fact that it was actually from 2017, but <laughs> I didn't want to be mean to you. No, that would have been hard and I, I wouldn't have gotten it, but no, that's, it's definitely interesting. 
Um, and it's something that I noticed, it's, which is why I don't really read game summaries and why we just jump straight to the box scores because mm-hmm. that's what really matters and that's where you see a little bit more. Um, so it's just, it, it's interesting. Um, and, you know, we, we know that they struggle at, at writing these things. So hopefully they'll get better someday. Well, you know, at least update your computer program. Yeah, to yeah, that better. yeah, yeah. Get, very, the, just vary the synonyms or something, you know. So. <laughs> Updated 2.0 or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we've left enough time. Uh, it is time now for our future vision, which is usually our closing segment and usually pretty short when we kind of make some picks. But tonight, it's going to be a little different. Tonight, we're going to play a, a little game uh, involving the stock market and looking at coaches. So in this, we're going to have each have a hypothetical $1,000 to spend yes. and invest in coaches. So uh, we're actually going to get $2,000. So $1,000 will be short term this year, what's worth what, um, and uh, you know, trying to get um, return on investment um, based on outcomes this season. Um, and also a retirement one where we're looking at, um, you know, long-term. So you probably won't want to invest in coach K, uh, but looking over the next three, five years, where, where do you think they'll be? What do you think they'll be doing? Are they going to be successful? Um, Mm -hmm. and so I'm trying to lay out some criteria here as I kind of type some notes up on the fly. You want to talk a little bit about the origin of this idea that you came up with? Yeah. So the reason I I came up with this idea of kind of like taking stock in um, coaches, because a lot of the premier coaches in the game are getting 60 plus. And unless you're Jim Boeheim, I mean, they're not they're probably not going to coach for 15 more years or Coach K. So Coach K is about to retire. You know, um, uh, Mark Few, he's been at Gonzaga. He's nearly 60. Kelvin Sampson is in his 60s. Bill Self is almost 60. Jay Wright, 60. Um, uh, Bruce Pearl is getting there. John Calipari is getting there. There's a lot of coaches that are very prominent that are pretty old right now. And so what this was is just kind of trying to think who is kind of going to be that? Who would you bet on to be kind of those next household name coaches over the next 10, 15 years and while also giving value to the fact that these guys are still good i mean it's not like when you actually play sports and uh, you know you, you wouldn't see any of these guys playing pickup who are in the coach k is not going to play pickup anytime soon um but you know you can be in your 70s and still be a pretty daggone good coach um but also hopefully you're thinking about retiring because you are in your 70s and it would be you know come on you probably have like a bunch of grandkids so you need to you need to meet them so um that's where the game originated from that's where the idea came from okay well i think all of that kind of makes sense um and i kind of liked the ideas behind it um and so um you know just trying to come up with some numbers that go with this game with some actual values to kind of make it worthwhile um you know i think that uh, we generally have an idea of, um, you know, where we think teams are going to be. So um, and when we think of what coaches we want, um, you know, we know which teams are good. So we might have a better idea. But mm-hmm. um, so this year it might be more investing in what teams around them. But I like the coach long term mm-hmm. look at it as well. Um, yeah. And this game has stakes because we're going to try to keep track of it. So you know you might you might get a return on your investment uh, this this year, but you're going to get a bigger return on your investment years in the future. So. Yes, that is the goal. So um, this year uh, we're kind of taking a look at um, I don't even I don't even know exactly what we're going to try to take a look at entirely. Um, let's but, say let's see. So what could we do? Like wins wins this season so i've got um so what i've got is you will make 10 percent back so if you say invest a thousand dollars in one coach Mm -hmm. you will earn 10 percent of your money back if they get to 20 wins um so then you'll have earned a hundred dollars back um if they get to 30 wins you'll get 25 percent. so that's an 
so you'll and it, it stacks so you'll get another two hundred and fifty dollars back if you invested a thousand dollars twenty percent um if you they are the regular season conference champ another twenty percent if they are the co- tournament uh conference champ conference so, tournament champion um ten percent okay. for an appearance in the ncaa but you'll lose um forty percent if they get upset in the first round of the tournament ooh Ooh, so first the, round. So you can definitely lose money here um, if they if they go through this. Um, but if they make the Sweet 16, that's another 10%. If they make the Elite 8, that's a fi- another 15 because it stacks at a 15% bump. Mm-hmm. If they make the Final Four, that's a 25%. And then if they win the um, if they win it all, uh, that's a 50%. Because you will have stacked up, that will basically equal, you will earn your entire money back plus 10% if they get into the tournament and run the table. So, okay. Um, and uh, you're, you're going to assume they've hit the 20 win threshold, you know, so you have a chance to make a lot of money um, back if they win. Um, and we will actually do this long term as well. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, I will keep track of that too. Um, so these are what we're looking for. Um, the only addition in our retirement mode is you will get a, a 15% bonus if they're um, recruiting, recruit, recruiting class, if they have a recruiting class that is in the top 25. Okay. Because that's relatively easy to find. <laughs> yeah. So the return on investment this this season itself could be your investment plus ten percent. But over the course over the years, you're going to have a chance to get quite. Yeah. I mean, theoretically, more. you could have a team that is plus thirty five and wins, plus thirty five percent wins, plus twenty forty percent if they win the regular season and the uh, conference tournament. Um, so now you're looking at seventy five percent. And then 110. So you could earn up to 185%. So you could be plus 85% of your earnings. Um, but you're going to also invest in different coaches. I know this game is very, mm-hmm. it's turning into very complicated, but I wanted to explain no, it's all right. what all we're looking for um, as we're trying to pick our coaches. Yeah. So basically, we're trying to pick people who are going to win a lot in the regular season and do well in the tournament without being upset for this year. And we'll do both of those things regularly over the years to come. Yes. Okay. But well, since you came up with all that, why don't <laughs> I feel like you should get the first pick? Oh man. Um, well, I mean, you can pick the same one, and we and mm-hmm. we're going to try to track different amounts. So, um, for me, um, the the coach that I want to invest in short term this season, um, oh, man, you know, because the value is kind of you know you, you you tend to want to because of everything. Um, pick somebody that's, you know, pretty high up there. Um, I'm nervous about this pick, but do it. I, <laughs> I'm going to take Mick Cronin. Ooh, I'm going to put, for I'm going to put this year. Yeah. Just for this year, I'm going to put, um, $500 down on Mick Cronin. Okay. Um, I'm going to put, I'm going to try to spread it between three. I'm going to put 300 on coach K because this is the last chance I get to invest in him. (laughs) All right. So $300 for coach K. Um, I'll just go ahead and finish my pick so that I can roll, finish rolling this out. Um, I'm going to put $250 on Andy Enfield. Ooh. Um, even though they lost tonight to the trees, I think that USC is going to be interesting. He was smiling tonight, wasn't he? Yeah, spicy, spicy. Um, and then I think I will spend the rest of my money um, this year on Matt Painter because I, 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 I'm kind of in the Purdue corner, so I kind of have to mm-hmm. feel I feel obligated to go with them. Um, but that's where my other two fifty is going to go. Where is the rest of your $600 going to go for okay. $700? 700. Okay. I'm going to put, 
I'll put 200 on Mark Few. Okay. That's a even pretty safe I've, bet. Even though I've gone on record saying I think they're going to lose early. Uh, <laughs> they probably won't. Now they definitely will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to put 500. Oh, this goes against everything I believe in. I'm going to put, I'm going to put, so I said 300 and 200, right? Yes. I'm going to put 500 on Bill Self. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. Oh, I can't oh, wait for this to blow up Bill in Self. your face. They're going to lose Listen, in the first round. They're yeah. going to lose early. I can't believe I did this, but I think this, never mind. I don't want to say anything about it. Just yeah, please. Yeah, it just, it is what it is. It's in stone and it's done. All right. So now let's look at the retirement fund and who do you want there? Okay. Retirement this one fund. I think is going to be interesting. Give me, give me Tommy Lloyd. Give me, I'm going to try to split this up a little bit. Give me 250 on Tommy Lloyd. Okay. Uh, who else you got? Um, give me 250 on Scott Drew. Scott Drew. Okay. That's the Baylor guy, right? I said his name right, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make you sure didn't I didn't want the other Drew. Bryce. <laughs> I don't want Bryce. <laughs> okay. Um, and how much see. was that? Two fifty. Two fifty. I've done two fifty right. on both. I want to go a little longer term here. Give me. I don't want to bet on Nate Oates. Never mind. I'm not putting anything in Nate. Oates. <laughs> I don't want any Nate Oates stock. Um. Give me 200 on Mark Pope. Okay. Future UK coach. That, that's where I'm going with this, I think. <laughs> um, Matt Jones says we go, or the UK, the UK uh, pattern is great coach, good coach, drunk. Great yeah. coach, good coach, drunk. So, I mean, he'd be a good coach to follow a great coach. Yeah. Um, so what does works. that put me at? 600? Uh, did you say 100 or 200. I said 100. Okay, so that's 600. You're at 600 now. I'm at 600. Give me 200 on Porter Moser. Porter no, Moser. Wait. Okay, yeah, we'll do that. I want to spread it out. I need a diverse portfolio here. <laughs> and now I'm going to go for a long shot here. Um, this might not seem like a long shot uh, because he's already been to the Final Four, but I think after his last few years, it's a long shot. Give me Shaka. Okay. Of, give me 200 of Shaka stock if I have that much left. Uh, you do. And so now you have 200 left. Or, wait, no, hold on. I think that was Seven, all. That's not. That's 900. So you have $100 left. Okay. Give me, just make it an even two on, uh, who did I say 100 to? Mark Pope? Porter. Porter. Or, yeah, give me 200 Porter. Porter Moser? All right. Yeah. All right. That's a pretty good team. That's a pretty uh, good. That's a that's a nice diverse, diverse portfolio. Some of those guys might have nowhere to go but down at this point in their career, but yeah. you know what? I'm taking a shot. I'm taking a shot. They got time. Yeah, I think they do. I think I think that is an interesting interesting group. Um. So, um. Anyway, I just realized uh, I didn't put any money on Chris Beard, and now I feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So I I cannot bet on anyone uh, invest bet. I mean, investing is betting. Um, I can't uh, bet on Texas ever at all. Mm -hmm. No matter who, it go, it's the Rick Barnes effect. Um, so let me see. I am going to start off with um, Kevin Willard. Yeah, I thought of him. Give me, give me, uh, just two hundred dollars, two hundred dollars on Kevin Willard, Seton Hall head coach, mm -hmm. um, which the Pirates are playing pretty well this year. They are. Um, then give me, um, I like, I like some different teams here. Give me, uh. Give me a hundred dollars on Mike Boynton. Ooh, um, Oklahoma State. Yeah, well, I, I am watching them right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mike Boynton, um, we'll get, we'll just do a hundred dollars. Now I'm up to three hundred. Um, give me. I mean, even if we're looking like super long term, short term kind of deal 
Like there's some teams that I think are, are still going to be good. Uh, coaches that I think are still going to be relevant and matter in, mm-hmm. I don't know, five years. And I think, I actually think Coach Cal is going to be one of them. So give me Calipari. I, my, I have too much emotionally invested in Kentucky to invest any <laughs> fake money in Kentucky. Um, I'm just going to take 200 because if he retires, then I, I can't earn anymore. So um, He said know, he was going to retire at 60 and uh, didn't happen. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it, it'll be interesting. Um, man, some of this is, is kind of tricky, rough, I, you know, cause a lot of them are older. Give me, I'm, I'm investing in the future. Um, hopefully he can continue this. Give me Mark Adams, head coach of the Texas tech red Raiders. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll take a hundred dollars there. So now I'm up to six. Um, but I really haven't found the guy that I want to invest in long-term who, who do I want to put my money in? It's not Penny Hardaway. No, <laughs> it's not Will Wade. You might as well light that fake money on fire. If you're going to put it on Will Wade, cause everything, does it, does it count if everything gets vacated? I mean, maybe, I guess we can do whatever we want with it since it's not real. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of however you want to handle it. Um, so I think I, I just I think it will be interesting. Um, man, it's it's so tough. It's tough, isn't it? It's really tough. Um, hmm. Do I want to do it? No, I don't. I don't. I, I was thinking about in, uh, investing in Andy Kennedy. Where is he? UAB. Um, hmm. they're forty ninth. Uh-huh. They're probably. Yeah, they're probably the best team in the Conference USA. The Conference USA. Yeah. Well, that would be smart. You pick up some conference some wins money for just sure. because. Yeah. yeah. I didn't um, even think about that. Um, oh, heck. Give me Andy Kennedy. Uh, I'll take $200 there. And who's going to be last? I mean, there are some good candidates out there. I mean, my heart really wanted to pick Bob Huggins for something, um, but yeah. it's just it's not going to be for this because he, he could retire tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. So he just can't be on my list. Um, I really like what's happening in San Francisco. And so I think yeah. I'm going to go with Todd Golden as my other two hundred dollar. All right. Wager. I thought about I thought about that as well. I mean, he's really made the San Francisco program relevant for the first time since Bill mm-hmm. Russell. So yeah, really. um i kind of like what they're doing i think it'll be interesting um so that's my that's my pick so let's review short term you have uh uh mark few and bill self Uh, (laughs) just to remind you i have nick cronin andy enfield and matt painter we got way too cute with this yeah i I did i I can't believe Uh, i didn't pick cal for this this. (laughs) okay um, and then in our retirement fund, you've invested in Tommy Lloyd, Scott Drew, Mark Pope, Porter Moser, and Shaka Smart. I have invested in Kevin Willard, Mike Boyton, uh, Calipari, Mark Adams, Andy Kennedy, and Todd Golden. I'm diversified, okay. baby. <laughs> I really hope that the Scott Drew stock and the Tommy Lloyd stock pays off because I'm pretty skeptical, skeptical about those others. Yeah. I don't know. We we shall see. We shall. I see. have faith in Tommy Lloyd. He could he could run the Pac-12 for the next few years. He could. I mean, he really could. Um, and I, you know, Andy Kennedy is one of those guys that he could rack up some conference wins, then move to a bigger conference, make a splash in recruiting, maybe get me some points there. Yeah, maybe he's able to pull an upset with UAB. Well, you know what? If if it were if uh, I don't know how old um, Kevin Willard is, but. I mean, he could he could be pay off by either getting hired at a, a different school, or if if something were to happen with Jay Wright, where he would leave or retire or go pro or whatever. I mean, Seton Hall could start dominating the Big East, so I think that was a pretty good one. Yeah, I mean, he is. Um, I mean, he's been around for a while. Um, he was a coach at Iona. He got that job back in two thousand eight. So he's been coaching for about 14 years, but you know he definitely has some more time for him, um, in him I think. Uh, so you know that'll be interesting. 
Um, just traditionally, he's he's kind of focused more on the. His early teams are really good defensively, and as of late, he's kind of shifted more into an offensive game, which I think is interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how all of that that handles. Um, but anyway, this is a fun game, fun concept. We will do game. our best to to, uh, to track it. Um, so yeah, yeah, we might have to do some stock trading next year, <laughs> depending on <laughs> depending on how this goes. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, well, I think that is everything I have. Anything that you want to shout out this week? Uh, yeah, um, looking forward to, to Saturday when I get to see Kentucky play Tennessee. Now, the only question is is whether this is the contractually obligated loss to Tennessee this season or whether that's going to be at Tennessee. Um, it's hard to tell at this point. But yeah, I don't know. Be... I, I mean, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um, I've kind of tried to look at the matchup. Tennessee is projected to lose – um, according to Ken Palm by four, so but it's close. Well, it's at it's at Rupp. So it is a big difference. It does. Um, you know, Tennessee fairly good at keeping people off the boards, off on the off off the offensive boards. That's going to be a problem. Um, I think in general with Oscar, um, I don't really see any huge huge advantages other than um, Tennessee's offense doesn't generally generate fouls um and kentucky doesn't foul so um you know if they are hoping to get some extra points there i don't know that that's going to happen um but also kentucky doesn't really turn the turn teams over defensively and tennessee doesn't turn the ball over defensively so that could come out to be a wash um but the biggest thing to me i think is just going to be if kentucky can control the boards they're going to win yeah well, it. another another game would be Gonzaga hosting BYU this Thursday. That could okay. be a good one. I think that. Uh, see if my part Mark Pope stock pays any early dividends there. <laughs> and I apologize to all the Baylor fans if Scott Drew just loses every single game and and his ter- <laughs> his his career just takes a huge plummet. I, it, this will be the turning point if that is to happen. Yeah. Um, well, I have to watch my team go into the fog on Saturday. So um, there, Kansas is currently projected to win by 12. It could be 22, 32. It could be how a West many, Virginia win. How many fouls do you think will be called? How many free throws? And what are, what's the free throw discrepancy going to be in that game? Oh, my goodness. If it's I, close, especially. I, probably 35 to 2. I mean, what was it the one year? It was at, like it was like one free throw. <laughs> Did West Virginia have like one free throw? It was ridiculous. Uh, they yes. Yeah, so in 2018, because I I remember mm-hmm. <laughs> West Virginia had two free throws. Uh, Kanate made one, and Javon Carter missed one. Um, and Kansas shot. 26 for 35. <laughs> they had 35 free throws. <laughs> and, oh, uh, it's the fog. It's the fog uh, magic. Huggins got thrown out that game. Um, oh, man. And actually, it's hilarious because in that game, West Virginia, at the 10-minute mark, had a, um, a winning probability north of 85%. And actually, they were supposed to win, but then... You know, all the fouls happened. Yeah. Kansas closed the game on what was a 17 nothing run um, in large <laughs> part because of the fouls down the stretch. Yeah. And Huggins which, was which, angry. Which game was it when uh, Svi Mikhailik basically picked up the ball and ran with it from half court to hit the game-winning layup? Oh, Who was man. that? I don't remember when that was. We don't have to re- we don't have to figure that out. But I just remember that. I have this image of him. He takes like four steps from half court, and gets the game winning layup. Uh, so, yeah. man, magical you know moment what? in the fog. <laughs> magical moment. <laughs> oh man, because it it was one of those things where, um, I don't know. It just it it just. Things happen in the fog. That's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Well, it's been fun. I've enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully our listeners have too. 
Um, thanks for listening. We will be back next week. Um, until right. then, until then, uh, remember, you can never study the game enough. <laughs>